If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
Hello there. Uh, thank you for staying uh, on the Joy News uh, channel. This is The Pulse, and this afternoon, Joy News is learning that more teachers are leaving the Ghana Education Service, a situation which is posing an imminent danger to the quality of education across the country. This afternoon, we'll hear from the teacher unions who are blaming the situation on their poor working conditions uh, as uh, the country also celebrates teachers today. And we're continuing also this afternoon to put a spotlight on the national dialysis crisis as social media reacts to the death of 15-year-old Prisla Asante, who died days after appealing uh, on the Join News platform uh, for help us to uh, help her cater for the high cost of dialysis services. We'll get you some reactions, plus uh, get you some updates and why illegal minors could be part of the skyrocketing cases of kidney disease uh, in our various uh, health centers across the country. We're also paying attention to the GFA's uh, election as Keto Kriku re-elected as the president of the Ghana Football Association for another four years in spite of growing criticism that is mismanaging Ghana's football. Uh, we'll look at the claims and also assess his leadership plus what to look forward to. The pause as always is brought to you by Global Communities Digni Lu and Federal Safe Sanitation. Uh, we're on DSTV Channel 421, Channel 144. I'm Blessed Sukhan. We are back with details shortly. And thanks for joining us. Join News is learning that more teachers are leaving the Ghana Education Service, a situation which is uh, posing an imminent danger to the quality of uh, education across the country. It isn't clear the, re- the, the reasons as we might be the cost of uh, some of these uh, purported uh, teacher shortage reports that we're uh, learning of, except to say that stakeholders are increasingly getting worried. Now, all three umbrella teacher unions say poor working conditions uh, for their part is the reason for which many of their members are leaving the teaching profession. But government uh, says it is working to fix all of these challenges. First off, let's hear uh, from the president of NART addressing a gathering where the president uh, attended the Ghana Teacher Prize event in the Western Region today. Assiduously, with relevant stakeholders, to produce teachers who meet the dyna- changing dynamics of the 21st century teaching profession. The Ministry of Education, through the National Teaching Council, NTC, has been empowered to implement policies and programs at both the pre-service and in-service level to ensure that Ghana continues to produce and maintain the quality teachers we need in the education transformation agenda. To improve teacher quality and their skill set, the NTC has instituted the Ghana Teacher Licensure Examination to ensure that graduates recruited to teach meet the professional standards set by the regulator and that they are fit for purpose. In addition, the Ministry of Education, again through NTC, has institutionalized a point-based continuous professional development system that ensures that our teachers do not remain stale but stay competitive and relevant in the ever-dynamic world of knowledge 
and skill. And we'll get you uh, the concerns of the teachers shortly. Please stay. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the chop better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of EcoBank. Download EcoBank Mobile from Google Play Store. All the apps. It's time for the brightest young minds in Ghana to battle it out for academic supremacy. Expect mind-bending equations, heart-pounding moments, and nail-biting suspense as the best schools go head-to-head. Who will emerge the ultimate champions and claim the prestigious trophy? Catch the action on TV, radio, and online starting 6th to 24th October 2023. The 2023 National Science and Mass Quiz is produced by Primetime Limited and sponsored by the Ghana Education Service in partnership with Goyo PLC and supported by AT, Airtel Tigo, Prudential Life Insurance Ghana, Pepsodent, Betamalt, APSA, Accra College of Medicine, Academic City University College, Coronation Insurance, Garnet, Cowbell, Belacqua, GTP, and YFM. The broadcast of the National Science and Mass Quiz on Joy News and Joy Prime is supported by Vitamilk, German Ozone Medical Center, Virtual Security Africa, Royal Four, Ace Medical Insurance, Chop Box Technologies, Syntex Tanks, Build Financial Technologies, and Family Health University College. The stage is set for Africa's most prestigious awards event. Join us to celebrate the men of the year at the 8th EMY Africa Awards on Saturday, the 14th of October at the Grand Arena, Accra International Conference Center. Red carpet starts at 6 p.m. Our partners include the Diaspora Affairs Office of the President of Ghana, the Multimedia Group, EY Ghana, Rhythms Africa, and the Labadi Beach Hotel. Our sponsors... The NLA 590 Mobile, Arocha Ghana, Go Energy, Flora Tissues, Houdin, Baggett Ghana, DVO Ghana, and Special Ice Water. Supported by Media Partners, Joy FM, Joy Prime TV, and Adum TV. For more information, call 020 
201-8870. The 8th EMY Africa Awards. Inspiring greatness. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Alfred, silver iodide. You are right. your calendars, set reminders, and get ready for the academic showdown of the year. The 2023 National Science and Math Quiz. It's time for the brightest young minds in Ghana to battle it out for academic supremacy. Expect mind-bending equations, heart-pounding moments, and nail-biting suspense as the best schools go head-to-head. Who will emerge the ultimate champions and claim the prestigious trophy? Catch the action on TV, radio, and online. Starting 6th to 24th October 2023. The 2023 National Science and Mass Quiz is produced by Primetime Limited and sponsored by the Ghana Education Service in partnership with Goyo PLC and supported by AT, Air Tortigo, Prudential Life Insurance Ghana, Pepsodent, Betamalt, APSA, Accra College of Medicine, Academic City University College, Coronation Insurance, Garnet, Cowbell, Bellacqua, GTP, and YFM. The broadcast of the National Science and mass quiz on Joy News and Joy Prime is supported by Vitamilk, German Ozone Medical Center, Virtual Security Africa, Royal Four, Ace Medical Insurance, Chop Box Technologies, Syntex Tanks, Build Financial Technologies, and Family Health University College. And thanks for staying with us here on the Join News Channel. The teacher unions here in Ghana appealing to the government uh, through uh, His Excellency the President, Danadranko Kufando, to tackle uh, what they describe as the mass resignation of teachers uh, out of the system. And the situation they claim is causing a severe shortage of teachers across the country. Here's uh, President of the Ghana National Association of Teachers speaking today at the Ghana Teacher Prize and indicating to the President that they need more money to fix the problem distinguished invited guests ladies and gentlemen i stand on behalf of the unions to present our statements october 5 each year is celebrated as the world teachers day it is the day on which education is assessed worldwide and a, and a look taken at the issues of teachers and strategies to address them outline in fact teachers are also appreciated for their exceptional 
display of competencies and contributions to the advancement of the human resource growth of countries by the product they turn out from the schools, colleges of education, universities, and other tertiary institutions. Your Excellency, historically, October 5 is a product of UNESCO ILO recommendations of 1966, which set forth the rights and responsibilities of teachers, the international standard of their training, recruitment, employment, and working condition. The, the National Best Teacher Award, instituted in 1994, and later christened the Ghana Teacher Prize, is to motivate teachers for higher performance and the respect the teaching profession should enjoy. Your Excellency, this therefore explains why it is absolutely important that teachers are well motivated to teach effectively and efficiently. Thus, the establishment of the National Best Teacher Award scheme in October 1994 by the Ministry of Education, then under the leadership of the late Mr. Harris Sawyer, to recognize the rewards, to recognize and reward the country's hardworking teachers. This year's World Teachers Day theme, which has been adopted by the Ghana Teacher Prize, is the teachers we need and the education we want. The global imperative to reverse the teacher shortage is apt. And here, let me recognize our positive deviance, Professor Bikrai, who three days ago gave us a solution to the thing. That, Your Excellency, to reverse teacher strategies in Ghana, give Ghanaian teachers more money. If you give us more money, we will not go anywhere. We will stay and serve our motherland. In order to have effective and efficient teachers being well motivated, your Excellency, the teacher unions, NATS, NAGRAT, CCT, and our colleagues, too, would like to remind the Ghana Education Service and the TVET Service of the following. Your Excellency, the payment of the 20% gross salary for teachers who accept postings to under underserved areas should be prioritized. And here we want to admonish our sector minister to give us a deliberate policy that will attract and retain teachers who accept positions to these areas. Also, the concerns of uh, the teachers there uh, at the event which is underway in the Western region. It's time now to look at these concerns uh, because the Institute for Education Studies, IFA, says that it has observed a teacher-student ratio has deteriorated across the 10 regions. Um, uh, and, of course, we know that now that we have 16 regions, but when it carried out the base uh, line survey right from 2015 uh, to where we are now, it appears that uh, that ratio appears to be declining. This is the same for, um, you know, school building repairs and also uh, when it comes to professional uh, teachers. Uh, on the other hand, the availability of portable water and textbooks have also seen a significant improvement uh, over the period and it's the reason for which uh, we need to hear from Dr. Peter Antipati, 
who is the executive director of Life, is joining us via Zoom now. Thank you, sir, for uh, spending some time with us uh, here on The Pulse. Uh, we're just hearing from the teachers now, indicating that they need more money. Uh, but let's get to the data as you have it, first of all. Why are we seeing this sharp decline in the number of teachers? To your viewers, um, uh, let me make this point that any conversation about shortage of teachers should be looked at from the perspective of the number of teachers that are available to a specific number of students. In Ghana, when we are talking about um, uh, shortage of teachers, we have a number that we want a number of students that we want each teacher to have access to. So we have a teacher-to-student ratio of 1 is to 25 to 35 students. It means that in every class or when you look at the total number of students on enrollment and you divide that with the number of teachers, you should have at least teacher attending to a maximum of 35, teach, uh, 35 students. Now, if you, if, if you look at that from that perspective, and you track this from the MS data. I mean, the MS data is the data that is from the Ministry of Education, and it collects they collect data about every variable in our education system at the basic level, senior high school level, and so forth every year. So every year they, they have this data that they collect, and that is what they call the annual school census survey. If you track it from 2015 to 2016. Up to 2021, 2020, 2020, 2021, you would see that because we are using the base year of 2015, 2016, we are dealing with 10 regions. Of course, the, 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 the 16 regions is still embedded in the 10 regions. You will see that over the past six years, this ratio has deteriorated. And that means that although according to some of our authority officials, they think that we have a lot of teachers available and of course, I, I've heard the minister saying that the problem is more about deployment. The point is that the number of students, I mean, enrollments have increased over the years. That has not had a corresponding increase in the recruitment of teachers. So you will go to a school, you have a teacher in the school, all right, but that teacher is handling about 20, about 50, 60, 75, 80, 90 students which is above the standard that we have set for ourselves. And if you have situations like this, then you would you have a situation whereby teachers will not want to continue to stay in the classroom because they are overwhelmed by the challenges that they, they face. This is part of the other uh, other variables, 14 variables that we we, we, we analyze and we, you can see that some of all these variables that contribute to the delivery of quality education, especially teacher to student ratio has deteriorated over the years. And that explains the, 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 the focus that says that we are having shortage of teachers. So any other narrative that seems to say that we have surplus of teachers is not taking into consideration the variable which is the people or the number of students that each teacher is supposed to look at. Talk about all 14. Um, the teacher unions believe it's, it's a simple one. It's all about money. Uh, please, can you come again? I, yeah, I, I, I was just talking about the variables you were looking at. The teacher unions yeah. have one single message. They believe it's all about money. Y yes. 
it's all about money because when you give them they, they think it's all about money because they think that when you give them you pay them according to what they 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 are doing they'll be able to do what they are supposed to do but of course you have to pay them and also provide them with the needed resources so if you look at the 14 variables we are looking at availability of water and these are the variables that come from the sdg4 so if you go through the sdg4 these indicators are waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help our u.s-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues and all lifelock plans are backed by the million dollar protection package so we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft help protect your information this tax season with lifelock save up to 25 percent your first year at lifelock.com aware don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by march 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly because no matter what moves you made last year TurboTax makes them count that means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. That if you want to provide quality education for your your people within the target of 2013, these are the things that should be available: textbooks, computers, people to desk ratio, ICT facilities, library, toilet facilities, supervision, availability of professional teachers, electricity, access to road. All these are variables that should be in place to ensure that that human resource, which is the teacher, is comfortable within the environment that is delivering education. And then you'll be able to deliver education. So for me, the issue is more of a broader teacher welfare uh, matter than just looking at the finances. Of course, the finance is good, but if you pay the teacher 10000 uh, 20000 50000 and the environment through which the teacher is supposed to deliver, it's not conducive, that teacher will not be able to exercise his or her mandate. So I think that the focus should be on looking at the holistic nature of teacher welfare, including availability of housing, even for the teacher himself a position whereby the teacher would enter the classroom and has a clear mind and a clear soul to be able to deliver education. And that is where the focus should be and not just about paying them money. Uh, beyond that issue, uh, we, we see, you know, the disparity in terms of uh, the availability of teachers. And, and this appears to be affecting um, rural communities deprived areas the most. 
why are we having that challenge of still, you know, pumping more um, of the human resources in terms of teachers to rural areas? It's still a challenge uh, in 2023. Yes, because when we decided to even, and I think the, the, the video clip you played talk about that, right. when we decided to even pay 20% of the teacher's basic salary to him because he's going to a deprived community, we, we have not been able to fulfill that. And when you have these things happening, nobody would want to stay in a rural community. Of course, nobody would want to be in a deprived community. Everybody wants access to electricity, access to mobile network, access to good health care, access to water, access to uh, good roads, and, and, and at least a, a, a good housing system. And if you do not have these available in communities, it becomes difficult for the teacher to stay there. So the challenge that we are having with deprived communities, the less teachers are, are, are staying there. You see, sometimes people get postings, they go there, within the next two years, they have been transferred to other places because they cannot cope with their life there. And that is why it still fits into my general welfare theory that I'm talking about. If you want teachers to stay in the, in the various communities, apart from paying them extra money in terms of uh, uh, their basic salary as an allowance, you need to pro provide a conducive environment where the teacher will feel that I can have good access to health for my, my, my family. I have a little good uh, housing there. The, the, the access to the community is okay. Mobile network is okay. There's electricity there. And when the teacher feels that at least some of them would, would want to stay, I have visited villages where these NGOs have built houses for teachers, and you have teachers staying in there, but where the teacher would have to travel kilometers wide to be able to get to the school, and when he closes, he gets back using the same long distance without access to any form of transportation. You do not accept, you do not expect that young guy like myself, like those young people coming out from the university and the college of education to spend their entire life in these communities because by the time they move out from these communities their colleagues in the cities might have gone ahead of them that is why you need to think strategically about those who are accepting postings into these deprived areas and develop policies to take care of them but then uh, the issue about for instance uh, getting government to at least push all first-time trainees, those who are about to be graduated, to all of these rural communities will, will be part of the solution in addressing all of these concerns, isn't it? Exactly. But then when you do that, the next two to three years, these guys will still leave their village. So you, you remember some time ago, we used to do that for the nurses. People who were from particular places were sponsored by the district to pursue career, uh, I mean, education in the nursing. And when they finish, they are supposed to come back to the district to, to serve. I think that was a model that was helping. But the sad thing is that after they have served for the two, three years, these people will leave the place. Why are they leaving? So the push factor is what we look at. Why would a young guy w want to leave a place that he's teaching? He's leaving because he sees no future for, me, for himself. He's leaving because he's not having a decent accommodation. He's leaving because they're, they're in this time and age, he, even if he's doing distance education, he's not having access to mobile network. You cannot keep these young ones in these places for a long period of time. So you need to strategically give them certain kinds of motivation that will make them stay. Apart from providing them with decent housing and other materials, you should also make sure that in terms of their promotion, for example, when it came to the, uh, the TM1 laptop that they shared, I was thinking that teachers in rural Ghana, the private areas, 
should have been given the laptop for free. These are the things that you do to motivate people to stay in these places to educate the children there. But you treat them like those who are also in the urban centers, then you are giving them reasons to live where they are to these urban centers because, of course, the opportunities out there is greater than the, the, the ones that they are experiencing in the rural settings. Mm. Um, let's look at the implications of, of all of this on the education sector itself. Because if you don't have teachers, obviously there's trouble, isn't it? Yes, and I will even go a step further to say, if you don't have quality teachers, then there's trouble. So another point is that you might think that you have excess teachers because you are not looking at the quality of the teachers that are entering your classroom. Now, teachers play a central role in the delivery of education. So if you don't have teachers, it means that your delivery of education is in trouble. And at the it means that you are not going to have the kind of uh, students that you want to have at the end of the day because you are making investment in these people's lives. Capitation grant that you are paying is an investment. If you are building schools, it's an investment. If you are supplying them with textbooks, it's an investment. At the end of the day, you want to reap the, 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 the returns of this investment. If you are not having the qualified teachers to handle them and for them, the quality education that they need, what is going to happen is that and you watch, you push these people through the educational system, but they will not be useful to the society. And that is why we need to keep our teachers. We need to find ways and means to reduce the attrition rate. And we need to also ensure that the teachers are given the requisite resources for them to be able to deliver the quality education that we want our boys to get. Okay, uh, let, let's round off with this uh, way forward. And, and of course, what the assurances we're getting from the president, the president indicating that the conditions of service for teachers will be looked at and, and that his government will address all of these emerging concerns. Uh, where should the president start from? Um, it becomes difficult when uh, some of these things are said because um, as somebody who studied the education sector for a long time i see politicians promising teachers a lot of things uh, you go through their manifestos you see both uh, from the ndt era to this time a lot of things have been said to 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 to, to the teacher but uh, hardly do these things uh, materialize so I, I i i sometimes find it difficult to 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 believe that some of these things are as promised by politicians would would come to pass but i think that we we need to as i've said we need to start from uh, the young teachers we need to encourage them to love the profession people love te the teaching profession of course and that is why they want to pursue a, a, a career in that direction. They go to colleges and you are paying them allowances. It means that you also show interest in what they want to do. So when they are coming out, there should be cons conscious effort to keep them in the profession. And that should start from how we treat teachers. A treatment in terms of the resources that they need to teach. And of course, some of the little, little things that they need to get for example, responsibility allowance. Teachers do administrative work alongside the teaching. Some of them do that. How much are you giving them? Sometimes you give them 10 cities, 20 cities. What would 20 cities do to a teacher who is a housemaster? So those are the things that, those little, little things are the things that we should have to look at. Again, promotion. People want to, they have gone through the system and they've taught for years. They need to be promoted. They have to wait and wait and wait. So it becomes difficult. So those are the things that we can do immediately. And then as we go on, we look at housing system for teachers. 
maybe starting from those who are in deprived areas. We can build a community housing for, we, are, we can have a community housing scheme for the teachers in rural areas, and then we can extend that to those in the urban centers to pay at a subsidized rate. So these are the things that I think we need to do. But more importantly, we need to look at the amount, I mean, the salary that we pay teachers. As, as we continue to increase their remuneration, I think that most of them would want to stay and help the Ghanaian school, school child. Uh, okay, uh, we need to go, but today, of course, we are celebrating teachers as well. Uh, any message to the fraternity? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that uh, we, are, we are celebrating teachers today. I thank all teachers uh, in Ghana, my teachers uh, from primary school to the university level. <laughs> Um, I, I want to mention names, I might be in trouble, but <laughs> of course, my mentor, Professor Idana, Professor Samuel Enim, Professor Kamara, Professor Kankam Wedu, uh, and all, all those who have been uh, uh, of enormous uh, 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 help to me and all of us in terms of our education uh, journey. We say congratulations to teachers, we wish them well, and we pray that one day, one day, the the, the, the God that they have served through humanity would open doors for all of us teachers for us to enjoy life in, in, in I mean, here, before we, we, we get to heaven. I was coming to say in heaven, but they wouldn't be happy. So we have to enjoy life here a little. Then we can continue in heaven. Yeah. Thank you, teacher. I mean, thank you, teachers in Ghana. God bless you. God bless us all. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Their reward is in heaven, as many would say. <laughs> but of course, it's, it's the norm, isn't it? We keep telling teachers their reward is in heaven. Anyway, interesting times ahead. Uh, Dr. Uh, Pitanti, thank you for spending some time with us. Well, social media is still in shock over a 15-year-old uh, renal patient on dialysis at the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital who appealed for support in an interview with Joy News, uh, who we now have confirmed has died. The mother of the young girl, Priscilla Asante, revealed that the daughter passed away early Sunday at uh, 1 a.m. Priscilla is just uh, one of the scores of patients who are unable to assess dialysis services uh, owing to the surging cost of treatment, a situation which has got many Ghanaians on social media calling for an immediate uh, solution. Well, my colleague Richard Kojunyako followed the story. He'll be uh, joining us shortly uh, to share with us details of uh, what's happening to uh, this very uh, young lady as we know it. But beyond that as well, uh, we do know uh, that we're paying attention to the issue a bit more seriously. Uh, Well, let's get to uh, Richard Kojunyako, first of all, who's joining us via Zoom uh, on this. Uh, Richard, if you're with us, the question about the passing of this uh, young girl. Do, do we know exactly what happened? Uh, well, uh, we'll bring you that shortly. With uh, For now, uh, our latest sports light is on Kasim um, Belkis, who is uh, battling a kidney disease and uh, goes for dialysis three times a week. Sometimes, well, she's locked out of the school for being late as a result of going uh, for dialysis uh, at the Upper West Regional uh, Hospital. She's a child of a single parent and depends on the benevolence of family members to raise at least 1,500 cities uh, for a weekly dialysis. On our dialysis crisis series today, Jordan Sis Rafik Salam met here at the dialysis center at the regional hospital and reports that uh, there are only two dialysis machines at the center with over a dozen patients. 15-year-old Kasim Reis Belkis 
almost a year and a half ago, was diagnosed of kidney disease that requires her to do dialysis. They started when my baby started rising and I came to your hospital for a checkup. I was diagnosed with a nephrotic syndrome, a kidney disease, and I was admitted here and transferred back to the Kolebukuchi Hospital. And I came back here to start the dialysis just a 15th June and 11 days to 5 months today. So she started going to the Upper Wasunya Hospital for the dialysis on June 15. She has been there 38 times and this session requires at least 450 Ghana cities for the treatment. The amount of money involved is too colossal for a child of a single parent. As a single mother I'm born with, she's managing, I'm proud of her and um, yeah. So, um, a week you come here three times? Mm, yeah, sometimes two, sometimes three. So, the minimum money spread is uh, 450 Ghana cities? Yeah, sometimes the costs take to 1,900, getting to 1,000, so we're just paying. The least amount required in a month to enable her to go for the dialysis treatment at the hospital is 5,400 Ghana cities. Her grandmother, Amamata Ibrahim, was almost in tears narrating the ordeal they go through to raise the money for the treatment. She has to depend on close family relations to foot the cost of the dialysis for the granddaughter. I have been supported greatly by my family members. There are others who don't have such support. Our plan is even to send her to India for kidney transplant. Dialysis you cannot afford. How do you pay for the cost of transplant outside? Amamata to Ibrahim says the amount involved is staggering. And should be reviewed downwards. Fifteen million every week. Every week we pay minimum one thousand five hundred Ghana cities. There are even times that we come for a session which is supposed to be four hundred and fifty Ghana cities, but you end up by paying seven hundred Ghana cities. But we heard government says they want to increase. 450 Ghana cities we can't pay, and you want over 700 Ghana cities. Do you want to kill us? Ever since we started this dialysis, at least six persons have so far died because they cannot pay. If I want to say more, I will end up crying. I will appeal to government to include it in the list of medication for the National Health Insurance scheme. Shared by her granddaughter, who wants the cost to be subsidized or made to be free. Because no one has money, you can't even afford a trash can meal. So, how can you afford dialysis 750 or $350? Some people they are helping them, so sometimes they can't even afford food to eat. How will they afford the 350 People can't afford the dialysis every three days a week. So if they just include it in their health insurance so you can just bring your health insurance so the government can pay part of the bill and you pay part, it will be helpful to them. Kasim raised Belkis, just finished junior high school and waiting for a results 
Okay, basic education certificate examination, BCE. She recalled the challenges she went through at the school before she completed. She was a perpetual latecomer and many occasions was locked out by the school security personnel at the gate. And I was feel guilty. Why am I why why would I be going to school late? And the watchman to he, he he, sometimes he doesn't understand. Sometimes he will lock the gates. Why will you be an exception to come to school late? But by God's grace, I was a third year student and I was able to write. The dialysis center here has three machines, but only two are working. As a result, she has to wake up early on any of the treatment days in order to avoid the long queues here. It's affecting us. We can't just be in line every day. Just a, We can't wake up 4 o'clock to be in line just to be first and go back home to rest. Why? We need more machines and more equipment for this dialysis. The dialysis center of the Upper West Region Hospital was established in November 2022 through support from Masasi Foundation. Medical Director of the Upper West Region Hospital Dr. Robert Amesia have heard that the fee charge is for the maintenance of the machines. But for a hospital, what we try to do is not to cash in on patients. The reverse side is if your input cost is higher than your output cost, then you should just prepare for a shutdown of the center. And, and we know private centers that started and shut down. We know public centers that started and shut down. The machines use light. Now we are required to pay for light. The machines have to be serviced. You need money to service. The people that service the machines are not in Hawaii. They come from Accra. Everything in life has a lifespan, including human beings. After some period of time, you die. These machines are not going to work forever. Since the establishment of the center, over 5,000 patients do come here for dialysis. Kurisa Daniel is the in charge here at the center. We do have problems with them because you tell them what is due or what is right for them to do, like coming for dialysis three times in a week. Some of them default, and because of the default, some of them develop complications at the end of the day. Some are not even able to come twice a week. They come once a week, and once a week, those doing dialysis, they know. It's just like you are not doing anything. And it won't take long, the complication will start, and the patient automatically, if nothing is done about it, she dies. Reporting for Grey News, Rafik Salam. Wow. Well, Rafik giving us the very latest now series uh, on the dialysis uh, crisis, but this story is evolving uh, with an angle on illegal mining, because illegal miners uh, shouldn't be worried of kidney diseases. That's the warning coming through uh, from the Ghana Kidney Association as it engages stakeholders to make dialysis accessible and affordable to persons with kidney diseases. We, we can now get more from Erastus Asari Donko who's joining us uh, via Zoom on this. Uh, Erastus, uh, let's talk about the concerns uh, of this association and why many of, uh, many of us obviously were not looking at the aspect of illegal mining. Why is that coming up strongly? Well, um, it has always been there, and I think the association did not even mention it was given a warning to 
uh, illegal miners alone that they should be where mm -hmm. I think they should be telling the entire Ghanaian citizenry that we should all be where now in my upcoming uh, documentary right. uh, poison for gold uh, we'll be showing you um, some people who have been exposed uh, to heavy metals uh, through um, uh, mercury vapor or vaporized mercury for example it's in the system. We have gold smelting uh, joints scattered all across uh, the rural setting in Ghana. And these illegal miners are using uh, gold uh, mercury uh, to create the gold amalgam. And they burn uh, these uh, substances to reveal the gold. All that vaporized mercury is getting into the system. We've spoken with experts who have used mercury analyzers uh, to check the air. Uh, you know, uh, uh, contamination in certain areas, which has so far uh, proven positive for uh, mercury. And people are inhaling this within the communities. And we all know the link between some of these heavy metals and kidney uh, 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 problems and other problems as well. We are looking at polluted waters all across our country. We have done some tests. We fetched samples of these and we tested them. Mm -hmm. We are seeing arsenic, we are seeing cadmium, we are seeing chromium, we are seeing lead in many of the polluted rivers you see around. And we are, we are also uh, getting expert uh, research into the uh, soil pollution, contamination as well, which people are naive about it, but they are growing food crops and bringing to the markets in Accra and Kumasi and its environs for people to eat. Really? So gradually... Yes, of course. And so in my upcoming documentary, we'll be giving you evidence of all this. So when you look at it from every angle, illegal mining is coming at us with all these pollutants. Who knows? We have not done extensive research to get to know how these contaminants we see in our polluted rivers are contributing to renal cases that we are having. I think that should be our concern very much that the government should do a, a full-scale research into how these are pointing to renal cases that we are having across the country. And I think the Kidney Association uh, people should be also be directing research in that, that area to help change policy. Especially as we are joking with the fight against illegal mining. Right. Uh, we'll be hearing from Dr. Thomas Anava shortly, uh, but from your initial interaction with experts, do you get a sense that it might be a contributory factor to kidney disease? I mean, the fact that you have um, pollutants in some of these water bodies, um, the, the farm produce having very high is it sulfuric levels. Uh, what applications are you getting on that? Well, so uh, on our rounds, the uh, miners, the gold buyers who are smelting these, uh, uh, you know, mercury amalgams, gold amalgams themselves have gotten certain complications. We have spoken with some of them who have as much as uh, 100 uh, micrograms per deciliter uh, of mercury in their blood. We have some of them, uh, people who are not smelting gold, who have... A, a level of high levels of concentrations of heavy metals in their blood just by staying within the communities and, uh, you know, uh, going through the contaminants, uh, polluted waters and even uh, polluted air as well.
and we are gathering all this data and we are seeing the linkages. We are uh, talking to experts who have done works in this area, Christia and Bogoso, contaminated soils and all that. So it, it's not something that this time around we're just showing you polluted waters, but we're showing you evidence of mm. a possible linkage yeah. between these contaminants and the uh, not uh, kidney cases alone, but other diseases that are coming up in our OPDs. So uh, we can't wait for that. Uh, of course, uh, it's coming up strongly and be expecting us as Sarah Donko to bring you the very latest uh, on that. Grateful uh, for spending some time with us. Uh, but of course, Richard Kojinako is also here in studio with us. Uh, just to talk about that tragic story of the uh, 15-year-old Prisla that we lost. Of course, you met her. She was appealing, asking for help just to deal with the high cost of dialysis treatment. And a lot more is coming up later on the Joining Channel, which we will tell you about. Dr. Thomas Anaba is with us. But let's get the story of this lady before we look at the science behind all of this. There was a surge in the cost. Then you found this little girl who says, my parents can't afford. Yeah, so usually the kidney cases, uh, they start, but you don't even realize or recognize it. So until the triggers, so the triggers come when the doctors will tell you that uh, two of the kidneys, they stop functioning. So that is why you see some of them, they, they, they can't even do anything. So they have to go to various hospitals yeah. and medical facilities to test variously uh, yeah. for. So uh, one of the last resorts uh, will be to test for kidney and then... Once they go, then they text. So what we see on the screen now is the young girl, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the, the typical process someone exactly. would go through. So on Friday, we went to the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital, right. just the past Friday. Right. So we went to interview him, uh, her, and nothing showed that she will pass away, even though it's a regular process. So for a whole month, they have been, she's been on the dialysis. So after the interview, we came putting the story together, and then we got when that uh, she passed 1 a.m. on Sunday. In fact, uh, yesterday after airing the story in the morning, in the afternoon, then someone from the Chufu Mampong community gave me a call and said, oh, the young lady you are doing the story about passed on Sunday. I said, wow. So sad. Yeah, so just a short time that the lady is, is, is just gone. And her issue is about cost, I believe. Yeah, exactly. And the issue for her is mm-hmm. about cost and not only for her, but for many of the people that, I mean, we also told you the right. story of um, Thomas Vincent Kahn, who has been on the dialysis for the past 10 years. In fact, I was involved at the initial stages where we had to even um, get the public to donate to support. In fact, at that time, I think we got like 70,000. We wanted to get an amount, an appreciable amount that will get him a transplant, but we tried and we couldn't even. And it didn't work. But for those who are not are just you know, watching us, feeling, oh, this is just another health crisis, it will all go away. But they need to know the pain and, and you know, the challenge for many who are not able to assess healthcare when, when treating you know, kidney disease. Let's talk about how much is required, for instance, just on the average, okay. to, so, deal, to, to just go on this dialysis treatment. So process. let me tell you the story about Priscilla. Priscilla um, spends one month on a dialysis machine. So right. the mother, who is a farmer, the father is also a farmer. Mm-hmm. So they have to spend 1,000 Ghana cities, 1,000 Ghana cities every week. Um, it is required that you need three sessions. But, I mean, you can... Within a week. Two, within a week. So we can make do with two sessions. And so a session costs them 500 Ghana CD because, because the, being on the dialysis machine will be 350 
together with other medication, and sometimes you may also need blood. And so it costs them 1,000 Ghana cities. So imagine um, coughing up like 4,000 Ghana cities in a month and being a daughter of a farmer. You're not talking about the cost of transport here. Exactly, yet. because now they, they have to also travel 100 kilometers to the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital to assess that facility. She's not coming alone. She's coming with the mom. And look at the high cost of transport fares and the other. So if we put all of them together in a month, it, it will cost them like 5,000 Ghana cities. So you ask yourself, averagely, um, how many families would Can be afford able that? to afford that? Yeah. Yeah, so when it happens to you and people get wind of that, some will attempt to donate. But for how long will you go to? Like, I come to you, mm-hmm. blessed. Give me thousand Ghana cities. I want to. And and this is a condition you live with exactly for the rest. And before you get to that right? stage, yeah. mm-hmm. then the doctors may have certified that two of your kidneys are not that, functioning, that and that is why they are consistently stressing tests, tests. And and I've heard a lot of the medical professionals right. saying that when you get to the age of forty, at least you should test like three times in a year, mm-hmm. so that before. because so they can see it early. So if one is not functioning, yes. You can stay on one. If one is not functioning, then you can have remedies yeah. around this so you'll be able to live. And then they will give you medications for you to be able okay, to... Okay, what this is bringing up uh, clearly is the fact that, yes, we must admit that we have a national crisis. Uh, in fact, later on the Journey Channel, we're bringing you a thought leadership, which will be on this uh, dialysis crisis. And, and that's why I also want to bring in Dr. Thomas Anaba, who uh, is the executive director for the Africa Center for uh, Health Policy Research and Analysis. Um, Dr. Anaba, you've been hearing uh, the harrowing stories. We've lost Prisla. We don't want to lose anyone else, yeah. right? Because even if the uh, equipment is there, people can come in and help. But yeah, we don't, we don't, you, have, the, yeah, we don't have, dog, even have the um, equipment. I mean, the, the, the renal machines yeah. are not that many. So for some of them, because they have to go to the hospital to queue for a very long time, for Thomas like this, he has to wake up around 3 a.m., to go to the facility and this first. this is someone who's not healthy already. Exactly. So it, 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 it has impact on their health as well. Oh. Dr. Anaba, how do we fix this? What, what sort of policy should we, measure, should we be looking at? Yeah, thank you very much uh, for having me. And I would like to appreciate uh, the first person who you interviewed, uh, the journalist, for giving us a very elaborate uh, information about possible causes of renal failures. How do we fix this? First of all, we have to look at the causative factors. And as you heard from the previous uh, presenters, uh, our environment is one of the main causes uh, of the renal failure in Ghana. So if we take Galamse, uh, 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 I will tell you that most of the people currently in the southern part of Ghana, where mining is going on with renal failures, I can say their cause of renal failure is because of heavy metals in the waters that uh, uh, flow in the rivers and the waters they drink, in the vegetables they eat, in the fruits they eat, and then the rest. Remember, mercury has been recorded, and other heavy metals have been recorded in our cocoa, and the European Union is warning about mercury in our, in our, in our fish. And even the animals who drink from it, we eat their meat. They all come with heavy metals, and heavy metals will lead to renal failure. So we first of all have to look for the causative factors. Uh, repeated sore throat caused, uh, uh, caused by streptococcus can lead to a renal failure. So many people with sore throat who have been treated frequently, especially the young children, 
can end up having a renal failure and in the race. Uh, patients with hypertension, uh, we have to look at how we can manage hypertension and stop giving uh, chances to pastors and imams to pray to resolve hypertension. If you don't treat your hypertension, you are causing more pressure on the kidneys and the filters, and the kidney would fail one day and you have problems. Diabetes is a cause of hypertension. These are all diseases that are non-communicable and that it is lifestyle changes and education that can help us to solve it. But when somebody gets a renal failure, it means the person has a do or die issue. The person must either have dialysis or have a renal transplant or die. This is where I think that government needs to come in to support these people because the cost of doing dialysis and the income levels of Ghanaians is not commiserate to each other. You can't just do it unless you are fortunate to be in a family that is rich or that has very that is very connected or that has benevolent people elsewhere in their associations to help you or else you can't have it done. So I think that there must be a measure whereby government will say, look, every dialysis, I want patients to pay this, the rest, I will take care of it. I think that should be the best solution. First, educate the people about the hazards, the dangers, make sure we eliminate the risk factors, and then those who get it, we help them subsidize the treatment. It is not like malaria that you can either take co-atem or lonat or any other anti-malaria and get it resolved. No, it is something that you must get the dialysis done. Getting the renal transplant in Ghana is not something easy, actually impossible, unless you travel out of Ghana. And even if you come back, the cost of it is not easy. I tell you, the renal patients don't only, don't only go there for the dialysis. Like they said, they buy medications for their hemoglobin. Some of them buy erythropoietin. Every week they have to inject it, which is costing about 300 cities. They have to buy cardiovascular drugs, antihypertensive drugs. They have to buy, some of them are diabetic, they have to buy diabetes drugs. They have to modify their diet. And you know how expensive uh, it is to modify diet in Ghana. So this is where I think that government needs to come out with a policy on how to help reduce the risk factors and also support those who fall into this uh, uh, ailment or fall foul of this and get ill. So that at least their families will be relieved. No, no one should say it's very expensive, so at the end they'll die. No. Uh, as it was said by one of my heroes, Fidel Castro, uh, the health of one person in this country was far valuable than the whole wealth of the entire world. So it doesn't matter how much we spend treating people with dialysis, uh, with dialysis to save their lives. It is how we can keep people alive when they are sick. And I think dialysis is one of the things that governments should give priority to. At least taxes should be taken off, like people have called. And it should be part of NHIA. And at least, if government even want the people to contribute, it should be some basic amount that they should contribute, so that at least they will have an extended lifespan uh, to have a, a sigh of relief. Because the families, I've known families who have sold houses just because of dialysis, and uh, we think that government needs to step in this time. Um. Uh, Dr. Anaba, if you can hear me, I was just, uh, you know, pointing to the fact that you've managed a, uh, a public hospital before, because um, you've managed the uh, Greater Accra Regional Hospital before. You know that the cost is simply unbearable for government. Government can't just take off the cost as you're as you uh, recommending. So how do we, you know, 
find a nice balance between getting government intervention and also uh, dealing with the cost component? Please, no one can tell me it is unbearable for governments. We have money in this country. The fact is that we do not prioritize. And I can just give you some few examples. $70 million invested in digging a hole to build a church. Do you know how many people with dialysis, with renal failures and get dialysis? For two good years, 12,000 people, three sessions a week, can get renal dialysis for two good years. Do you know how much we spent in fumigating for COVID-19, which was a useless venture? 91 million. Do you know how many people can get dialysis with this money? A whole lot of people. It is how we invest. Do you know how much we spend in renting accommodation for COVID patients that was never used an accommodation? 15 million Ghana cities and uh, 12 million Ghana cities at advance. And no single person lied in that house in Adapu. Please, we are wasting resources on useless ventures. We don't prioritize. Or else, this is not too much for government. After all, it is our taxes. If you use it to save anybody's life, the same people will work to pay the tax. So to me, saying that it is too much a burden on government, do you know how much it costs to finance the sale of Ken Oporeata's daughter in the U.S.? $52,000 a year. What cost is he doing? Undergraduate cost. And you think we don't have money? Okay. So please, I think it is misplaced priority that Ghana is facing. I am speaking from a standpoint of applying our resources, our, our, uh, our media income judiciously. Because if I want to go on and count on ventures that have been taking place, that are, that are uh, investment that we have done, that have gone wasted, $2 million in investing in tight trade, that never came. How did we use to have Lorena dialysis Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, so please, please, improperly. Right. Um, Dr. Namba, just hold on for me because uh, Richard is still here. Richard, what, what more issues did you see, I mean, as part of the challenge that many of these renal patients um, were, were facing when, of course, you were carrying out the story with Prisla? Like I told you, so uh, people, for the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital, for example, people from the Western region, people from some part of the Ashanti region, yeah. people from various parts of the country, they come. So, and this is a arena unit that does not have a lot of the machines, so people would have to even struggle, even with money, they have to even be uh, struggling to even be on a dialysis machine. And apart from that, just as um, Dr. Naba has intimated, the costs. Cost. So it keeps people so. Is uh, it that this is a, a piece of equipment we can't buy, like an individual can't buy? Well, or, and that is why uh, is that a, yeah. to us that mm. we can actually buy. Buy it, okay. Yeah, exactly. But so if you look at uh, what the medical professionals who work at the arena unit will mm-hmm. tell you, that some families get dejected yeah. and then they come. Because see, you are torn between saving the life of your relative, mm-hmm. your son, your daughter, your father, your mother, and then also looking at costs. Costing, I mean, the amount of money you spend on the dialysis. So, for, for instance, you want your daughter to live, but how much? How much can you afford to ensure that your daughter um, survives yes. or something? So, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really, 
you you are torn in a critical position mm-hmm. just that if if you are my brother yeah. and you are a patient of a kidney patient yeah. so i don't want to lose my brother but then again i need to also look for money mm-hmm. to ensure that my my, my okay, brother so, so this is the cape coast teaching hospital right uh, so serving say the central region i believe um let's look at the you know uh, disparities in the in the um procurement or perhaps the um, circulation of these mach- machinery uh, across our health facilities. So we are looking at central region, looking at the facility that you went to. How many of these uh, dialysis equipment did you find or officially were you told that, okay, this is what's functioning? Okay, so I think um, there were about three of them. So three serving everyone who comes there. Exactly. So uh, in times past, it was even... It was even burdensome for them. For them, I, I don't know whether the Western Region has now got some um, machine because um, the last time I was speaking with them, they told me that a lot of the cases were coming from the Western Region and perhaps pointing to the illegal mining craze that right. they are all concerned about. But now it looks as if that that part also has just just like the Upper West Region mm-hmm. now has a dialysis machine, a functional renal unit that people would have to go on. But a lot of them relate to the cost right. and where they will be traveling from. So if you are in Cape Coast, maybe you can just pick a taxi and then go. But if you find yourself beyond Kakum National Park, Chufu Mampon, Chufu Praso, and sometimes from Dukan additional cost. additional cost traveling from, and you know the person is not really well. Yeah. And when it happens like that, you need to measure what you eat. So um, I listened to someone who said that initially he weighed 80 kg. But because of the restrictions and don't eat this and don't eat that, now he weighs barely 50 kilograms. It's just like the 50 really? kg. Yes, exactly. So you see, your what, the water that you take is measured. If you take beyond that quantity... What happens? You feel a lot of discomfort in your body. And that is why you need to go to the hospital for all of these toxic substances to be drained, to be drained out of you. So that is the work... The, 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 the kidney uh, machine or the renal machine does. So it takes, so it performs the work, otherwise the kidneys would have, have performed yeah. in your body. But now the kidneys are not functioning. So if you take in things that will be burdensome for the kidneys, then it means that you need to go to the hospital for it to be drained. So um, others, I mean, accurately, they should, there should be three sessions. But now they have seen people, that people can't even do, do the three, so they do two. But you see, the danger in doing one yeah. or two, mm-hmm. I mean, it compounds the situation because you're not you're not getting treated exactly, anymore. exactly. But some have been able to stay. Yeah. But for I have met twelve year olds, okay. fifteen year olds, so you cannot really point to the fact that oh, okay, it relates to this particular age group. Yeah. The children are now getting it. The elderly, forty, even fifty, sixty people. So gone were the days where. People had problems, but they didn't really test for mm. kidney failure. Right. Uh, Richard Kujinyaku, thank you uh, for uh, joining us with that. Uh, and Dr. Anaba, let me take your thoughts on, on the point is just uh, built for us about the disproportionate level at which we have uh, some of the regions having a higher concentration of the renal machines or the dialysis equipment and the remote areas. For instance, in the north where you are, some of the facilities don't even have one. I think besides the Tamale Teaching Hospital and the Warrior Hospital, there's no any other hospital in the north that has it. I know of some private hospitals that are working hard uh, to get it established. Uh, the problem is that if you establish it as a private person uh, and uh, you are not able to manage it 
well, it will collapse and the investment will go away. Mm. This is why I think we need a work of national security to assess some of this data and say, look, we are losing people just because of dynasty. What can we do to minimize the loss of life just because of renal dialysis? No, 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 we don't see those things. So I think once they know that the northern sector is the most poorest part of Ghana and that the very poor people come from that area, definitely anybody with a renal failure would have a challenge in paying for the dialysis. And this is where government needs to come in. Yeah. At least all regional hospitals, at least at least people who need dialysis. Because private sector, if you establish and they can't pay, it means your investment has gone to nothing. Yeah. So this is where government needs to come in. Mm, I, I see. Uh, you see, but... for, 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 the data have, for the data we have, out of the people who get only renal failure, have no fear. Mm-hmm. Less than 10% of them are able to do dialysis for three months. And less than 1% is able to do dialysis for one year. So if you have 100 people who have chronic renal failure, have no fear, then 90 of them will die within three months. Mm. That is what it means. Yeah. And this is where national security, the government, research to see what support they can give because it's not all of them who get the renal failure who cannot be saved. Let me tell you, pregnant women who develop eclampsia, some of them go and end up in renal failure, acute renal failure. And if you are able to do dialysis for one week, two weeks, three weeks, you get your kidney back. But if you are not able to raise the money, it means those unfortunate women will die just because they don't have money. It is true. They don't have money. What is the income levels here? Very, very low. So it's very sad. Mm. And I think we need serious government intervention. All right. Uh, Doc, I'll, I'll take your thoughts on one last issue, but that will be after we do this. Um, the issue about, you know, the use of herbal medicine and, uh, you know, how we can have, for instance, the FDA clamp down on the use of unapproved um, medication. Uh, it's a key issue that we need to look at. Uh, but I also need to inform our listeners that in a few minutes from now, we'll be having that extensive conversation uh, on this uh, because later uh, at 5 p.m., joining us, we'll be having that national uh, convention on the national dialysis crisis and the way forward uh, to changing the situation. So head of uh, the health desk here at joining us, Fred Smith, is joining us uh, with details of um, what we're to expect. We know this will not just be on the Join News channel, this will be on Join 99.7 FM and all of our other uh, platforms. But why is it necessary that we have this conversation at this time? Well, it presents a unique opportunity for us to find a solution to this. Uh, of all those we've had who, who need treatment at the renal unit, majority of them can't afford. Those who could afford uh, have now become poorer because they were spending all their resources on this. And within a few months or maybe a year or two, you run out of money and it becomes very difficult for you to afford dialysis treatment and therefore uh, all you have to do, we had Dr. Adabase die yeah. unless you get the money. And if you don't have the money, uh, it's only one thing happening to you. At the end of the conversation, what are we seeking to achieve? Well, we're seeking to drive change, seeking to find a solution to the crisis that we find ourselves in. We will have government representatives here. The presidential advice on health is going to be around, so we'd like to hear from them. What is government going to do? Government is the one who, who keeps all our money. What can government do to bring relief to those who need this uh, dialysis treatment? We'll also have the National Health Insurance Scheme. You know, there was a suggestion by the WHO recently that, yes, we could use the National Health Insurance Scheme to address this gap. 
uh, we will explore that as well, but it will also require money. So we'll find out how we're going to be able to do that. And ultimately, we'd like to hear from the experts who will speak on what individually we can do so we stay away from kidney problems yeah. in the first place so we don't have to end up in the hospital. Uh, so it's a mix of uh, issues, uh, having the solutions on the dialysis problem and also trying to promote healthy living. Uh, but just as we wrap up, the point about... Um, you know, who can be a part of this conversation and how the general public can also feed into the conversation that we'll be having. Are we making room for that? Yes, we are all at risk. So each and every one of us must pay attention to what's going on today. It starts at 5 p.m. and we expect that whoever you are, wherever you are, you will find a way to join us either on radio or on TV. We will have a live stream as well on our Uh, our website, myjoonline.com, and also on all the social media platforms, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, now X, and the yeah, others. Indeed. Uh, and it's just about 40 minutes away, so you want to stay with us here on the Join Your Channel. Dr. Anaba, we're all looking forward to that thought leadership. But let's start off by promoting healthy living. The, the, the reliance on herbal medicine is being you know, pointed out as one of the key um, causative factors. Um, also, the point about unlicensed and registered or unauthorized medication. It's all part of the challenge. So medication for, um, you know, kidney disease treatment. What should the public know about this? For kidney disease treatment, medications are really difficult. Uh, Very difficult because uh, if the nephrons are destroyed, the only alternative you have is to get a filter, external filter like the dialysis machine to do the work for you. What we need to do for preventively is to make sure that all herbal medicines that are sold in Ghana are properly licensed and clearly explained what treatment they can be used for. Uh, sometimes uh, you check with the Food and Drugs Board and as they go for a, a certificate for a, a supplement, you end up seeing some of them on uh, some TV stations, you're hearing them from radio stations as treatment for certain diseases. Let me tell the general public, most of the herbal medicines they sell around are considered by FDA as supplements. And supplements are not medications. Let's be aware of that. And some of them will go for one license, and at the end, they sell thousands of medications, or sell one medication for thousands of ailments, which may not be true. Besides that, the village, you go inward, inside the villages, and you see people carrying things that they ground, they boil, and they are just selling it. And people, for lack of resources to go to hospital, unfortunately, fall to fall victim of some of these things. And these things can really cause problems. I have seen some of them. I have seen patients with serious liver failure, renal issues, serious renal issues, just because they went in to drink some concoctions to cure hypertension. They wanted to bring some concoction to cure some uh, uh, truth, truth, sore throat. So it is true that serious research needs to be done, and there should be serious control mechanism established by FDA and the national security to clamp down on illegal that are circulating in the market. However, they say so that we minimize are not good. You go to the U.S., there are herbal medications, we call it the Wanda tree, and people go there, they are supplements, they, they call them supplements. But here we call them medication. That is where the mistake is. 
unless it is really proven to have any efficacy and safety to treat a particular disease, no one should take any of these medicine, uh, these uh, 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 supplements as a medication. And FDA needs to come out clearly educating the public on how, on the drug that they are lying to, and also go to the market and do some surveys to clamp down on those who are cheating people, making people fall prey of their ignorance and getting renal diseases and hepatic diseases. It goes alongside with liver failure. Most of the times, they go alongside with liver failure, which is very dangerous. Okay. Uh, Dr. Thomas Anava, thank you for spending uh, time with us on uh, the Joy News channel. And, of course, uh, in just about um, 40 minutes, we'll be having that thought leadership um, put together by the Joy News team where we'll have... um, Uh, responses on all the concerns you might have about this uh, kidney disease condition and also the national dialysis crisis as we have it. Reps from uh, the presidency, the presidential uh, advice on health, uh, will be here, uh, also part of the dialogue, and we'll be hearing from NHIS as well as part of the concerns uh, on social protection. So all of that will be coming up here in the next half hour. Uh, You want to stay with us here on the Johnny Channel. You're still watching the polls. When we get back... We'll tell you more about the stories that we have for you. Please stay. stage is set for Africa's most prestigious awards event. Join us to celebrate the Men of the Year at the 8th EMY Africa Awards on Saturday, the 14th of October at the Grand Arena, Accra International Conference Center. Red carpet starts at 6 p.m. Our partners include the Diaspora Affairs Office of the President of Ghana, the Multimedia Group, EY Ghana, Rhythms Africa, and the Labadi Beach Hotel. Our sponsors the NLA 590 Mobile, Arocha Ghana, Go Energy, Flora Tissues, Houdini, Baggett Ghana, DDO Ghana, and Special Ice Water. Supported by Media Partners, Joy FM, Joy Prime TV, and Adum TV. For more information, call 020-201-8870. The 8th. EMY Africa Awards, inspiring greatness. Owning a home is an accomplishment. When it comes to choosing our preference of living, we are faced with a dilemma. Will you go for affordability, comfort, or luxury? Well, we will help you choose your preferred home at a very affordable and convenient way at the 2023 edition of the Republic Bank Love FM Habitat Fair, slated for Friday, 6 October to Sunday, 8th October, 2023, at the Kumasi City Mall, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. each day. This event is brought to you by your superstation, Love 99.5 FM, in partnership with Republic Bank, powered by Airport City HDG Homes. And sponsored by DBS Industries Limited, Syntex Tank, the ultimate protection plus insurance product from Star Life Assurance, safety and home solutions, supported by...
the Rotary Club of Accra, East and uh, Eau Claire of the United States of America have presented uh, some 50 Tamil uh, congratulators uh, to the uh, Cervical Cancer uh, Prevention and Training Center of the Catholic Hospital in Bato. The cervical pre-cancer treatment devices purchased uh, with some 70,000 US dollars grant uh, from the Rotary Foundation will be distributed across the country. That's more. Cervical cancer is a malignant tumor of the lowermost part of the womb caused by the human papilloma virus. According to the International Cancer Organization, about 2,800 women are diagnosed with the disease every year in Ghana. About 1,700 patients die from the disease annually due to the lack of treatment facilities, equipment and specialty. This informed a decision by the management of the Catholic Hospital in Bato to set up the Cervical Cancer Prevention and Training Center to train health professionals in diagnosing and treating the disease. Dr. Kofi Efa is the head of the center. And these cancers and wards are not only on the cervix. For women, they, are, they can cause cancers on the vulva of the vagina of the cervix, of the anus, and of the oropharynx, the throat. For men, they can cause cancers of the penis, the anus, and the throat. To intensify the fight against cervical cancer, the Ritchie Club of Accra East and Euclid of the United States of America presented 50 thermal coagulators to the center. The president of the Ritchie Club of Accra East, Serge Ogan, indicated that it was his outfit's greatest desire to see women burdened with cervical cancer provided the best treatment to save their lives. And Rotarians are people who are always trying to identify needs in their communities and see how they can take or organize impactful projects. Seven years ago we were at Battle Hospital to start with them, giving them equipment that could really help them to move forward and to promote the fight against cervical cancer. The management and trainees were elated about the presentation as it would enhance their service delivery and reduce the duration of treatment. Together we want to say we are so grateful to the Rotary Club for this presentation because previously we screened the women, we get positive cases and we don't have the necessary equipment to treat them. We end up referring them to Bato or higher facilities and they end up not going because most of these women are coming at the down there. It is difficult for them to, I mean, get means of resource like money to travel. So we are very grateful and we are very happy because now we can screen a lot of people and we can give them treatment. So we are very, very grateful. These devices, 50 thermal coagulators, going to nearly 50 new institutions in the country. We hope to extend the number of institutions that can offer uh, treatment for cervical precancer. Women will not have to travel long distances to assess this service. And I, I, I believe that this is going to help in a big way to prevent cervical cancer in this country. Stakeholders have, however, advocated for a national immunization campaign to protect the citizenry against cervical cancer. Fred Kwame Asai, Joy News, Bato.
And the uh, Ghana Football Association has now uh, re-elected its uh, incumbent president, Keto Kriku, who now has an opportunity to run Ghana football for the next four years. Uh, we have the latest uh, for you joining us now is Musbal, uh, who is uh, monitoring uh, all of the developments for Joy Sports uh, up north, where all of this action is happening. Musbal, thank you uh, for spending time with us and giving us some updates from where you are. The exercise has ended. Indeed, uh, Keto Kriku will now serve as the GFA president for the next four years, but has he made any comments yet? And was he looking forward to? Hello, blessed. I hope you can hear me. Yeah, um, it's been a very, a very decent, you know, elective congress here in Tamale. Um, the Ghana Association president, Katakriku, obviously has been elected for a second term, and this is despite the legal hurdles that it was characterized with. We know that there was uh, there is um, you know an injunction application hearing at the Accra High Court, which is slated for October 14. And the Ghana Football Association is very much aware of this, but they went ahead to organize the elections uh, with the hope that you know um, because the court hasn't heard on it yet, so they're free to go ahead and hold the elections. And 120 delegates did turn out for this election. 124 delegates were expected to be in attendance, but 120 of them were there. And the Ghana Association president was able to get a whooping 117 yes votes. Just two went against him, and one was uh, in abstention. So it was quite a massive endorsement for him in his second term. And that's exactly what he said in his speech after he uh, was sworn in that his election is testament to the faith that the football stakeholders have in him, hence why they've given him the nod to continue uh, as president of the association. He was quite profound about unity and even apologizing to individuals whom he might have hurt in his first term. And I'm sure this is possibly directing at people like Ken Faisal, you know, Elijah Gruza, maybe George Efriye, and George Efriye in particular, he mentioned him, he called him out, and said that he's, he's reaching out to him. He should come on board and help them fix Ghana Football Association and take it to the next level, which he's hoping to do. So uh, that's what has happened here. It was a very decent, orderly exercise that didn't take much time. Yeah, I see. <laughs> very simple exercise, of course, when you have just one individual contesting the race. Um, but how about George Afriye? Any news of him? What, what the next line of action might be? Well, for George Afriye... Uh, George Afriye, he, he has a case in court. He filed an application uh, of injunction in court. He's expected to be heard on October 14th. So I'm sure he will go to the court with his lawyers to uh, look at that. He also has a case at the Court of Arbitration for Sports relative to his disqualification. And uh, he's calling the court to dismiss his disqualification. And the point is that if the hearing does go in his favor, what it practically means is that uh, this election that was held here in Tamale will be null and void. But I'm sure the Association handlers are very confident that George Afriya possibly has no case, hence, you know, none of what happened here will ever be rendered useless. And just to point out also that it wasn't just the presidential elections that did take place, the election of members of the Executive Council also did take place. And uh, we saw five representatives from the Ghana Premier League in the uh, executive Council. Oh, now, inter- that's an Council. interesting one. Uh, I see James Kwesi appear there. That's the former, <laughs> former coach of the national team. 
Absolutely. Former coach of the national team. And in fact, his election was one that raised some concerns because he's close to joining Sudan as the head coach of the Sudan national team. And people raise concerns about some potential conflict of interest in the event he goes there to work for Sudan FA and at the same time working for the Ghana Football Association, where will his priorities be? However, the delegate felt that he still has the competency and the skill to work for the Ghana Football Association as a member of the Executive Council. Mm. I got to speak to him after the elections and he says there's absolutely no reason to worry about him being overburdened working for Kumasi Santukotoko, working for the Sudan national team, and even working for the Ghana Football Association. There's no concern about him being overburdened, and even no concern about conflict of interest, because he, there's no way he's going to betray his, his country, and uh, even the fact that the talk about Sudan is not yet finalized. But he's not the only one in there. You can see Dr. Randy Abe, Chief Executive Officer of uh, Pando Heart of Lions. He got elected. Fred Champon, another seasoned administrator, also got elected there. And uh, you can see a few others. Nana Odro Safo also in there. Uh, someone like Eloya Mande, who is the chief executive officer of Karela United, he, he lost his bid to be there. Well, there was also representatives of the Division One League. Division One League, three representatives from the Division One League were also elected. And the current, uh, let me say, immediate past vice president of the Ghana Football Association, Mark Addo, he was elected. He got a whooping tech to two votes there. Really, really good for him. And uh, Gideon Fish also got his. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Noel also got to be there. But in that very category of election, one man who failed to make the bid that surprised a lot of people is the manager of Asamojan, Samuel Enimado. He was part of the just, you know, just gone by executive council and considering his cloud popularity, People did expect him to, you know, be able uh, to qualify and be part of the executive council, but he lost. He got something about 13 votes there. So mm. it didn't quite turn out well for him. The last person on the executive council is, is Mrs. Gifty Oari Mensa, who is uh, representative right. for the Women's Premier League. Yeah. Interesting days ahead, I see, especially with Kwesi up here. But anyway, we we'll welcome you back home uh, with all the controversies when you bring them. Uh, of course, uh, that uh, was while giving us some updates uh, on the GFA elections. the 2023 National Science and Maths Quiz is here again. The quiet corridors of KNUST's Brunei complex, there is battle for the Bells and the Ringes. Contestants of this year's NSMQ have transformed their rooms into arenas of intellectual warfare ahead of the prelim stage, uh, which starts on Friday. My colleague Jacqueline Antamayabwa has more in this report. Ukwas, what is the SI unit of the following physical quantities? and determine whether they are scalar or vector quantities. 83,6. Contestants have been tirelessly prepping ahead of the National Science and Maths Quiz preliminary contest. How long do you stay in a day prior to this contest? Out of the 24 hours, 18. Their dedication echoes in the midnight oil they burn, their test books worn from relentless study, and minds sharpened like the finest blade. 
They say the early bed indeed catches the worm. The hallways of Brunei complex echo with the sound of bells, ringers, and passionate debate. The next coup, A, 0,2, B, 8,1, and C, 7,3. For Nifa SHS, Ikyapiman SHS, and Megis, they have converged to understand the significance of preparation. Nifa, luminous intensity. So it is candela and it is a scalar quantity. That is also correct. The trainer believes that the students are well prepared and the daunting tax ahead shouldn't be much of a hurdle to cross. Yeah, we are very prepared for the contest ahead and we are very confident in them. They can make us proud. As a preliminary contest becomes, these young minds are not just participants. They are beacons of knowledge illuminating the path to a brighter future. Their commitment reminds us that in the pursuit of excellence, every moment of preparation counts. For Joy News, Jacqueline and Suma Yeboa. Oh, it's a scalar quantity. All right, I'll give it to you. would like to all the schools contesting this here's uh, National Science and Maths quiz but that's all we have for you in this package of the polls we'll see you again and let's just this more at myjoyonline.com next is uh, Let's Talk Showbiz and then after I will have the top leadership uh, series uh, which will focus on the dialysis crisis you want to stay with us here on the Joy Nation thanks for watching <laughs>